1: He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spudman, Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spudman. Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo. And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman.
2: Greetings, and our Ola. My name is Spud, Spud Goodman.
3: <laughs> Spud Goodman.
2: <laughs> and you, I hope, are a live human, and not say an alien from another galaxy, as you would not count in the ratings and thus not be of much help to the show. Yeah, i am got to be honest. Though, I have to admit, it would be cool to right now be speaking directly to someone from a distant planet. You know, maybe checking to see if us humans are even worth visiting. I mean, there's there's a strong chance that, you know, they'd feel we're about as interesting as a rock or a piece of wood as, you know, it's, there's there's no way. We, we cannot be the best and the brightest in the entire universe, right? So yeah, anyway, all right, moving on. I need to introduce our show's designated my and Dorothy. Give us a decent chuckle if you would.
4: Oh, okay, okay, here goes. <laughs> oh, I think I pretty much knocked that out of the park. What do you think?
2: Well, you know, it was was, was adequate. Oh, shoot. Okay, it was pretty good.
4: Oh, you bet it was pretty good. Maybe one of my top ten. Okay, all right, it
2: was amazing. It was amazing. Fine, fine. And and, and now I'm forced to contractually introduce our show's temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, Go ahead and do the bare minimum. Maybe a present will suffice. I always like to go. I I think, I've always think, that's the best way to go when I'm thinking about what you should
0: say. No, no, no. Okay, first off. It's temporary, permanent co-hosts, bud. And just saying present is not a professional way for a co-host to sign on at the beginning of a talk show.
5: I'm going to have to go ahead and sort of disagree with
3: you there.
0: You know, I need time to establish who I am, what I bring to the table. Uh, Maybe entertain the listeners with some jokes. Are you you done
3: here?
2: Are you done here? I... I I think we've heard enough for multiple shows. You, Ooh, you really uh, shot your wad on that diatribe. Did, did you rehearse that speech? What? No, no. I I, I spoke from the heart. And no, I was thinking... No, no, no. I, as the host, am the one that gets to speak from my heart, I, I my spoke- liver, and even my gallbladder <laughs> if I feel like it. No, I'm serious. And uh, now, now, Let's just get the show started by discussing a topic that's in the news, okay? It's that quid pro quo thingy.
0: There was no quid pro
2: quo... Uh, you know, just one more situation that Trump has wrecked for the rest of us. No. He's turned a perfectly appropriate means of behavior into, you know, some sort of crime. You know, now now that's going to make life much more tougher for all of us that have used that in the past.
0: No, no, I I don't feel President Trump has done anything wrong. He's the victim of just another witch hunt by the liberals out there hunt. on this quid pro quo allegation. You know, that word is the Latin definition of something for something. It's just a normal business transaction, and you, Spud, would be one of those liberals always unjustly accusing our president, by well, the way. Well, okay, I, I plead guilty to that accusation oh, you you do? Know, about being a liberal. Uh, If liberal means I I feel
2: Trump is a a horrible person, I mean, he's, uh, you know, I mean, even the guys on his side know that. And regarding that accusation again, uh, let me just say, what is the chance any of his male cult members would trust him to drive, say, their daughter, their girlfriend, or wife alone anywhere, you know? Hell will freeze over. And, and And don't forget, you know, he he's a bit of a grabber. R- write that down. Well, I think that's for the record, actually. So anyway, but getting back to that l word, I do admit i I watch Will and Grace occasionally and and and, you, know, oh yeah, I say the earth is really. Really, 4.5 billion years old. Not that 6,000 years line of crap your party has in their platform. Oh,
4: and I will never understand why your side hates science so much, Gerald. Yeah. It's really dumb. No,
0: we don't hate science, Mrs. Jarvitz. We uh... just read a different book that offers the real truth on that and many other issues.
3: Um, I think it'd be actually... Can I join in on this conversation? My uh, phone just yes. died, so I can't finish the game I was playing. So basically, I'm just bored right now.
2: But you got to no. understand, as an intern on the show, you're not really supposed to butt in, uh, you know, during ongoing conversations. You know, while we're on the air, uh,
3: unless you're called on. I don't, you know, I don't
2: remember calling on you actually.
3: Well, I feel my opinions are just as valid as anyone else on the show. In fact, I think you and Gerald are both out of touch with what's going on in today's world. Right? You no. guys are too old no, and detached. No. This show needs the input of someone in the fastest growing demographic in the world the Millennials. Game has changed, yo. Okay, uh, Chance, I, I'm not
0: that old, really. I mean, do, do I look that old? In, in the mornings like before noon. I look much younger. Is it the crow's feet or the ear hair?
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think millennials are, are less popular uh, than Congress or Papa John's Pizza right now. Yes! Uh, I, I, that's just much, you know, it's what I've read in the paper, okay? I just, I'm just saying.
4: Honey, honey, don't let anyone marginalize you or your generation.
3: I won't, Dorothy. Good. I know age is just a number, but why are most baby boomers so selfish and arrogant? Yeah. <clears throat>
2: well, I, maybe because we had to follow
0: such a loser generation before us. Um, wasn't that group called the Greatest Generation, Spud?
2: Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. I, oh, yeah. I guess they did some good things, right. like like saving the freaking world. It, right. Chance,
4: yeah. Chance, just bite your tongue, and after the show, we can go out for frozen yogurt. Would that make you happy?
3: For sure. Uh, uh, okay. And I can pay for my owner most of it this time.
2: Okay. Let's get back to the fact that now we all will have to watch how we go about our day-to-day interactions with friends and family. You know, before Trump, that could pro quo word wasn't such a bad thing you know just
0: just one more reason your favorite president is such a hole oh please do not refer to our commander-in-chief in in that manner and if you took a fair unbiased look at donald trump you would realize you have a lot in common with him these guys they make millions of dollars they're smart as hell yeah i'm not joking here yeah, I
2: know, as you can't tell, a decent joke. but oh. And, and for, for the record, I have nothing in common with that guy, all right? I may be a selfish, self-centered egomaniac, as described by some, but, but at least I own a dog and other pets, so, so I do have a soul, unlike him. Shut up and dribble.
4: Well, I still feel it's for the best that Trump despises animals. I think all animal lovers feel that way, too. Uh, you know, the farther away from them he stays, the better. You know, I I am
0: so tired of hearing that narrative that you liberals continue to spread about our president not liking animals. There's a valid reason why he's never had a pet. Really? Uh, Well, I believe it has to do with his allergies. Uh, no one's allergic to all animals, dude. Nice try, though. Uh,
2: Right now, I I need to play some music. Let's cue up a tune by the still great Tom Jones. Here is Puppet Man. Puppet Man!
6: Baby, baby, you know it's true. I'm a puppet just for you. I'd do any little thing you say. I wouldn't have it any other way. Take my heart and take my soul. I'm giving you complete control. If you want to see me do my thing, baby, pull my string (laughs) now. Baby, baby, I'm your sweet cat I'm just your personal marionette. Wind me up and let me go. Don't you know I'm a one-man show? Raise your finger and I'll perform. i crack a jack till I crack a dawn. Now if you wanna see me do my thing, well, baby, pull my string. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wanting you Drew, Matthew, Satisfaction guaranteed Drew, Matthew, Now anytime you feel uptight Drew, I'm at your service morning, noon and night Drew, Drew, Matthew, I do what you want me to Cause I'm a puppet just for you But if you want to see me do my thing Then baby pull my string Oh!
1: the spud goodman
0: show uh spud yes. your first guest mo rocca is waiting to speak with you now i heard in our staff meeting this guy is on that um npr a lot right yeah, that's correct you know i don't listen to that station it is way too liberal for my taste uh
2: well you know mo is often on npr he, yeah. i can't believe you've not heard him on uh wait wait don't tell me are you serious you've never no, no. Uh, it, it's a good show. He also is on CBS Sunday Morning. You, you do watch CBS? Uh, you know, all those CSI shows are on that channel. I mean, God, yeah, And the man's time. won an
4: Emmy, for God's sakes.
2: Good!
4: <laughs> Gerald, Moe is what you call a very hot nerd. They're rare, but they are out there. I would put My Sweetie Chance in that category, too. A dual threat.
3: Thank you, Dorothy, but I don't know about that nerd label. My parents tell me pretty often how hip I am.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, your parents might be off on that one. I'm just just saying there. But, but, but getting back to Mo, I, you know, I've wanted
0: to book him for a long time. He, he instantly upgrades this show's IQ for sure. What's wrong with our show's IQ? You know, my own IQ is around 85-ish, if I remember right. I'm pretty proud of that.
3: And I say, like, whale sharks. I'm like, oh, that must mean a whale and a shark have sex.
0: Uh, You might want to look where that falls
2: on the scale. I think that makes you officially dull. Uh, Just put Mo through. Yeah, Here he is. Welcome, humorous journalist, actor, and, oh, yeah, Emmy winner, Mo Rocca. Uh, Thanks a bunch for coming on our show.
1: Thanks, bud. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah. Well, you have a new book out published by Simon & Schuster titled Mobituaries, Great Lives Worth Reliving, which, which is also a podcast. How did you go about choosing which dead person to revisit in your book and podcast? I mean, there are billions of dead people to choose from.
1: There are. You know, the list is growing all the time. Yes. I mean, it's kind of crazy. There's so many dead people to choose from. Um, I wanted people that I felt that I was interested in, that I wanted to learn more about, and people that I felt like deserved a second look. So somebody like Billy Carter, I mean, if you're my age, I'm 50, or, or around my age or older, you remember Billy Carter as a younger brother of Jimmy Carter, kind of the ne'er-do-well, you know, black sheep sibling who um, was hawking in some beer, Billy Beer, on TV in the 70s. Oh, yeah. But he had a wife, a family, six kids who I went and I met with who loved him, and I talked to President Jimmy Carter about him, he was a smart, interesting guy. He ran the business, and it was a, a pretty formidable business when Jimmy was was governor and then president. Um, and he struggled with alcoholism. If you go back and look at old TV appearances, like on Merv Griffin, he's he's frankly sloshed during a lot of them. Right. But he cleaned up his act, and he then became a big advocate in the last, proudest chapter of his life, helping people struggling with alcoholism and. Uh, and I, I, so I wanted I, – I like to do things where people think, oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. And it is, but you end up saying, well, gosh, I never expected to feel compassion for Billy Carter. And, and that's at least the initial reaction I'm getting. Um, and, you know, I, I'm interested in people who died on the same day, that phenomenon. Uh, Sammy Davis Jr. and Jim Henson, both geniuses died on the same day. They should have died at least a day apart so they could have gotten their due. Yeah. Uh, but they had to share the headline. Um, And people remember, of course, Farrah Fawcett and Michael Jackson. um, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on the same day. So this was a chance for me to kind of scratch a lot of different itches and and tell readers and listeners what I'm interested in.
2: Well, you know, you are a gifted writer. Will you delegate your own obituary to someone else? Or are you the type who would rather, you know, like write your own before
1: you kick the bucket? Well, that's interesting. I'm not... It's funny. I actually hadn't thought about that. I'm not... a. Um, writing is hard, and I'm also not a control freak, so I'd I'd I'd, I'd let somebody else I've got uh, write my obit for me. I it would I'd love Marguerite Fox, who's I've gotten to know and become friends with, who wrote obituaries for the New York Times, um, to consider writing my obit. Um, and I know what I want the headline to be. I just wanted to just say No Mo, huh. and maybe maybe that's that cool on the, on the tombstone. That's very yeah, cool. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I and I thought about what I want the first line to be. I wanted to say Mo Rocca who made people interested in things they didn't expect to be interested in died today he was 135 I oh. kind of like that for the first paragraph like
2: that. that a lot well you know I wrote a rough outline for mine but it's too long and will cost a ton of you know money to print my local paper so I, maybe I'll have someone know, here's what I was thinking about do I, I looked at the book your book and I think I might go with Thomas Paine's obituary he he what is it? he lived long did some good <laughs> and much harm in, in my case probably too much harm but still it's, it's pretty good
1: It'll cost you like $35. That's nothing. Yeah. But, but here's, the th- here's the thing, Spud. If you if your profile is high enough that you may not have to – you'll, you'll just probably just get like a regular obit. One thing I've learned from obituary writers is that never confuse an obituary with a paid death notice. So the paid death notice is what? people pay, obviously, to put in for their loved ones, and they pay by the word, and it's actually helping a lot of struggling newspapers. But if you're enough of a public figure, you'll get one of the freebies. So you just got to Keep putting yourself out there. I mean, that's my goal is I don't want to leave anyone with a bill to have to pay for a paid death notice. I'd like to I'd, I'd like to just get one of the free ones.
2: Yeah, I'm just kind of worried about somebody else writing it because they might. I mean,
1: it might be pretty unflattering. It's just something to think about. But anyway, all right. Well, do you, do you, I do have to just tell you one thing, though. I did. A friend of mine who works for The New York Times told me I can't name the person, but a very public figure called up the obituary department, cold-called them and said, hi, I'm calling to talk about my obituary. And that is a control freak. Somebody who's calling ahead, assuming they're going to get, in a major newspaper, an obituary, but wants to control the narrative that much. And, and, I said, well, and I said to this person, this friend, I said, what did you think? And he said, well, on the one hand, it was kind of kooky, but on the other hand, it was really helpful. I mean, you know, because I got good information and got started on it on the right. advance so
2: Well, Okay, all right, super. Um, let me let me hit you with this. You know, and you're real smart, and you know a lot of words. So you know, on, on the show we've been discussing that word quid pro quo. Now that the president's kind of made it tough for the rest yeah. of us to continue to use this, kind of like as a handy means of getting stuff done. Do you think the dictionary companies will now toss out this word as it's really been sullied?
1: Well, quid pro quo. I mean, it might have to have additional. It might have to um, have additional. Uh, Definitions. You know, when you get like to, to the third and fourth definition, I don't even know how far down the list we've gone at this point. I wasn't a big quid pro quo person. I, I'm still trying to figure out sine qua non. Their whole or um, ipso facto. There's just so many of these. Yeah, I know. Believe me. And I took Latin in high school, and and, and I haven't gotten it. But uh, quid quid pro quo. It's um. Yeah, you're not going to find that on Wheel of Fortune.
2: All right, all right. Um, oh, oh, oh! speaking of that, uh, i got to ask you this, then, that, that you're talking game shows. Uh, in life, we all have regrets. Do you look back at your defeat on Celebrity Jeopardy in 2015 as the lowest point in your life? Because you came in second to CNN's John Berman, and I would call that an upset, as I think you're way smarter.
1: Do you want to know something? I actually do nurse a grudge over that. Yeah. I am annoyed. <laughs> at no one that. likes to lose. I... I I was no one likes to lose, and I was killing it in the beginning. And then I started overthinking. And towards the end, they—you have to remember—Celebrity Je- Jeopardy. As everyone knows is the dumbed-down version of Jeopardy, so you don't, you shouldn't overthink it. So at one point they said uh, um, something like a cruise line, Scandinavian name, and I'm thinking like Lincolnberry, IKEA, or something. And it was Norwegian cruise lines. I mean, it was ah. just so—it was so obvious, but. But yeah, it's on the regular people Jeopardy. It's 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 the the questions are much tougher. So that's the lesson for anyone who goes in Celebrity Jeopardy. Go with the most obvious answer but yes i still regret and i know john berman i'm friends with him uh and uh, and apparently i'm no john berman
2: well you know i don't know i mean he i still say it's a huge upset but anyway let me hit you with this one in 2004 you wrote a book all the president's pets that covered the pets of previous presidents if you did an updated version uh you'd have an empty chapter with donald trump i have mentioned on this many times how can people trust someone who hates pets
1: I know, isn't it? Well, that's, that, that's a really great point. So He's the first Thank person you. to not have a pet in the White House since Chester Allen Arthur in the 1880s.
0: Spud, wh- why can't you just let it go? Why continue to hammer our president's choice of not having a pet? Like I've said previously, Donald Trump has a very active lifestyle, and it's not conducive to taking care of a dog or a cat. Uh, hey, Mo. I, I need a moment here. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like our guest just said, no president
2: since 1880 has gone without a pet in the White House. Uh, there, there should be, you know, some kind of a law or constitutional amendment, no. you know, that he has to adopt a rescue animal. I mean, isn't wouldn't that be great? It might keep him out of burning in
4: hell. Well, maybe, probably not. Uh, Well, he will get along well with most of the others stuck down there. I'm betting that most of them have never had a pet, too. I wouldn't be
0: so sure that Donald Trump is headed for the deep, unforgiving pit of hell for eternal punishment. It's way too soon to pass judgment on that issue. He's just so misunderstood. No, no.
4: He is very understood.
0: Uh, Yeah, for sure. Now, let me get back to Mo, as I don't
2: think he's as repulsed by me like some other guests are. All right, man, I have returned. All right, excellent. So, uh, what I I don't like is uh, Trump uses the word dog as a pejorative, you know, like way too much. Die like a dog, lose like a dog, look like a dog. I'm pretty sure dogs are pissed at that description. What do you think?
1: I think they probably are too. Listen, Harry Truman, President Harry Truman said, "If you want a friend in Washington, get a dog." So, advice he might heed. No, but you, you can't. You can't. You can't kick a dog when it's down or off. You just don't kick dogs. Right. You don't, yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely All right. Well, I know you got stuff to do, people to talk to. So let me just say again that you have a new book out titled "Mobituaries: Great Lives Worth Reliving," published by Simon and Schuster, and a podcast to go along with it. We really, really appreciate you, you know, checking check in with us, taking time to speak with us.
1: Thanks, Spot. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. You too. There
2: you have it, Mr. Mo Rocca.
7: I know Spot Goodman show. It's okay?
0: Can we return to what we were discussing? You know, I don't see the need to return to that Urban legend concerning President Trump hating animals. Oh,
4: I, I don't think that fact qualifies as an urban legend. You might want to Google what that term means. No, no, I was referring to that
2: quid pro quo deal. Uh, oh, I, th- I think oh. it's gotten a bad rap. Uh, you know, impeaching a president for it means that the rest of us will have to, like, figure out another way to get stuff done. We're, we're all going to be, I don't know... I, I mean, we're going to have to figure a new way, you know, t- to go about our business. You know, when we ask someone to do a favor for us. This
6: guy's been stumped since the third grade.
0: You know... When I stop and think about it, you're very much a transactional person too, Spud. Very, well, very calculated in your contact uh, with at least me, if, if not most, who you interact with.
4: Oh, Oh, Spud has been going all quid pro quo since he was little. Really? I mean, well, really young, no. Spud. When it came to potty training, he got his mother to agree he could watch cartoons all day if he wanted, as long as he used the toilet instead of his diaper.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I love cartoons. I still do. But, you know, that that agreement with my mom and I just, it stopped. Come on, think back to like around my Mm -hmm. sixth birthday, I think. That's so hot. I had to come up with a new deal then, you know, with her to keep, you know, being able to watch cartoons all day. You know, like, I think I had to eat all my vegetables. Oh, yeah. Except
0: for Brussels sprouts. I still can't stand them. Oh, Brussels sprouts are very tasty. Just one more thing I don't understand about you, Spud.
4: Oh, and don't forget about that agreement you had with your father. Remember when you made him bring you donuts each oh, Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah.
2: It was a good deal. All I had to do was pick up the phone when bill collectors called and say, you know, my dad died last month.
0: It worked most of the time as they stopped calling, most well, of Well, I would never agree to any sort of arrangement with my children. What you describe is basically bribery.
4: Don't be so overly dramatic about it.
0: I guess you could use that term. I prefer
4: to
2: go with a mutually beneficial agreement. You know, a win-win arrangement for everyone, except maybe for the bill collectors.
4: Uh, I I think your parents would disagree with that statement, Spud. I'm just saying.
3: Would it be okay if I took a break now? I didn't get much sleep last night. Let me know if something interesting is brought up.
4: You cannot abandon
2: your intern position, Chance. I mean, man up. I I think there's some kind of a law or, or regulation on that. Uh, it would endanger the lives of other innocent people, so no, no. I'm sorry, but you're not relieved of your duties. Good call, yo.
3: What are you going to do, dock my pay? Oh,
4: sweetie, sweetie,
3: don't poke
4: the bear. We have talked about this. You don't have that much longer here with your internship.
3: I know, Dorothy, but we talked on the phone for hours last night until almost 5 a.m., and I'm starting to doze off. a.m.? I need to take a nap now if possible. Stop
0: being a weak. You know, Chance, why on earth are you conversing with your fiance, Dorothy, into the wee hours of the morning? What could you possibly be talking about for that long? Yeah.
3: That would be none of your business, Gerald. Please well. respect our privacy.
4: Yes, Chance and I are engaged and are consenting adults too. Now that he recently turned 21, no one can question the appropriateness of our intimate
3: conversations
2: there are all kinds of perversions yeah yeah i don't need to go there at all Uh, why don't we play some music or something right now
3: so i can take a nap now Uh, Uh,
4: honey honey just stay awake until we're off the air and you can nap on your way to get frozen yogurt i'll keep my music low so you can snooze for a
3: while thank you dorothy
2: Jeez, do you have to like burp him too after the frozen yogurt? Uh, someone just, just please cue oh. up that song I asked for. All right, you got it. Okay, here's a tune by a band from Oakland, California, The Coup. This was released back in 2012. I, I, I like this tune a lot. This is Magic Clap. Hit it.
6: Come on,
7: kids. Chauffeur driven, right now with K-Shine, right like a broken prism. I figured out the 14th is a broke commitment. Cloud. Magic club, Magic club. Good evening, tonight we bring to you. Now streets that'll sing to you 45 shells that'll dance to the beats Stomach so loud that'll cancel the speech Checks that vanish if you blink an eye Race getting locked in the clean to die A salary cap on the birth certificate Notarized eyes that burst in triplicate Morning prayers for the car to start A man in a whiskey and a heart to heart Hope in a tracks with to flash and run While agony chasing with a and gun Poetry shouted from the squeal of the bus breaks Hands in the air Try to feel poor escape flash In my eyes like candid snaps When we slap back, it's a magic clap
0: excitement continues on the Spud Goodman Radio Show following this brief intermission. What's
7: going on, man? It's your boy, David Olivas. And DJ Jersey. Here rocking with Spud Goodman. With Aunt Dorothy. We got Gerald in the house. Chance the Intern. Man, these guys are killing it out here on the Spud Goodman Show, man. Spud Goodman Show. Check me out at Real Olivas. DJ Jersey Everything. Listening to Spud Goodman will might be hazardous for your health, but
0: we don't know. We don't care. It's the Spud Goodman show. We now return to more action packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Uh, Spud? Yeah. Your next guest, William Fickner, is good to go.
2: Okay, you know, William's a very recognizable actor, uh, but a lot of people, you know, don't remember his name. He, he's been in, like, I don't know, some of the biggest movies in the last 20 years, like Armageddon, Independence Day, Contact, oh. and just a ton of other ones. And he's also been in a bunch of TV shows like Prison Break, Entourage, and currently Mom.
4: Oh, Mom is a really good show. Um, anything with Allison Janney, I'm there. Mom. Now, is that on the Hallmark Channel? I think I may have seen it before.
6: Hell no, you haven't!
2: No, it's on CBS. Again, just remember, write that down. You should have still got it at your house with your rooftop antenna. Come on, I mean... Anyway, William has a new movie out now that that he wrote, directed, and stars in, and that's what he wants to talk
0: about. You know, we still do have the antenna on the roof, but now we have basic cable, and that includes the Hallmark Channel, and it's uh, one of our family's favorites. We
2: all go a little mad sometimes uh yeah i bet your oldest who's in high school must just love that channel uh j- just put william
0: through yeah here he is
2: please greet actor writer and director william Fickner. uh thank you so much for coming on our show oh, it's my pleasure um so uh you have a new film out coldbrook that you wrote directed and star in it will be available on demand uh, among the cast members are Kim Coates, who's always good, and Harold Perrineau, a past guest on this show that we love. So, what's the film about?
5: Film is about a couple of ordinary guys in a small town, uh, best friends for life, that uh, that have uh, uh, you know very calm, settled lives, and they have an unexpected visitor to town, and. And an extraordinary adventure begins. And ultimately, what they realize is that he's uh, he's a little lost, and the only way to get him home is to uh, is to make a decision that will that will ultimately, you know, how far do you go to help a stranger? Oh, that's really what it's about.
2: Oh, super. Um, well, you know, you have been in some of the uh, the bigger major studio releases over the years: The Dark Knight, The Perfect Storm. Uh, Black Hawk Down, among many others. But with, with Coldbrook, you're working in the indie film world. But Besides the highly important craft services factor, what are some of the other resources <laughs> lacking, you know, that you have to overcome in making films that are not based on superheroes? It's
5: uh, Everything. Um, you know, from day one, uh, you know, getting production space. And listen... I've worked on plenty of, like, large studio films, and, yeah. and and it is a joy, you know? I mean, people are taking care of things. There's so many people there. You know, you do an indie film, you fly by the seat of your pants. I can't tell you how many hats I wore, Kim Coates wore. You know, if, if coffee needed to get ready and nobody was around, guess what? It's up to you, whoever's standing there, you know? Um, but, you know, along with those challenges come a, a, a spirit that comes along with it that everybody knows what we're doing and know what we're trying to get to here. You know, I shot the entire film of Colebrook in 20 days. Really? And, um, wow. Yeah, that's what we had. And 16 days in my beloved hometown of Buffalo, New York, and four days in a little town called Cortland, New York, a little college town where the story takes place. And, uh, you know, every day is six pounds of bologna in a three-pound bag. You've got to get it done. And you get it done by great spirit and everybody... Being being there for the same reason, and so that, you know, that's the sort of feeling that, you know, it's not like you don't have a great time doing the big studio films, but it's not like that. And I and I do love that. I love that camaraderie that happens when everybody joins together because it's the only way it's going to get done.
2: Right. Yeah. I bet you're. Uh, you didn't have like the personal driver or the personal assistants, assistant, assistant. So, yeah. I mean, I guess it's real filmmaking, real filmmaking for sure.
0: So yeah. Spud, you know what? Our situation here, doing this radio show, is a lot like making an indie movie. Uh, We have to get by with what we have in comparison to the big radio companies who have all sorts of stuff for their employees, like uh, free bottled water. Hey, William, I need a minute here. All right. Well, actually, I, I agree for once with what you just
2: said, okay? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm with you. It, it still doesn't justify you interrupting my interview, though.
4: Uh, yeah, Gerald. Couldn't you have made that remark after we got off the air? Well... I mean, it, it was an obvious observation. Yes, we work on a shoestring budget here. I know I quite often bring in toilet paper, as we're always out of it, and soap, too. And, and not having a
2: personal assistant, you know, for me now has, has greatly in, increased my workload. I, I have to answer my own emails and, you know, and after the show, I start my own car in the parking
0: lot when it's cold out. You know, we should be proud that we're able to put out such a top-notch show regardless of the conditions. Yeah, I don't know if we deserve a
2: medal or anything, but it is impressive. I, I, yeah, I agree. See? But, but now let me get back to William before he starts playing video games on his phone or something, all right? I have returned. Sure. Uh, as as you with with so many actors got your start on a, on a daytime soap opera in your case as the world turns did, did you get some like storylines that were so absurd that they were really really cool like you got to play an evil twin who tries to kill you know your main character because that stuff makes soap so compelling
5: well I you know I remember I was on the show and I was on I had a three-year contract and after a year um, I got the option to leave the show, and for me, I, I wanted to leave the show. Even though, for the first time in my life, and I believe I was 29 at the time, that I was actually making money as an actor. Right. I mean, I'd made a little bit in commercials, a couple of things, not really any money in theater anyway. And um, but theater is what you wanted to do. But I was making some money um, uh, working on the soap, and but I got an option to leave the show. And if I left it, I said, yes, I would like to leave. It took them another six months or a year before they could write me out. And eventually, I think I married my cousin. I think that's what happened.
8: Ah, well, that's kind of cool.
5: So, but listen, storylines on soap operas, you basically say the same thing for about a month, and then you say something new. You Hmm. know, you get on one thing that, that, you know, they really, you know, milk it out. And and, and, then, and then you begin to say something new. A new part of the story comes along. Yeah, um, yeah it was challenging because, you know, listen, a, a regular one-hour drama television show shoots between 7 and 10 days on average, usually about 8 or 9 for an hour drama. Those are full 12, 14-hour days. You shoot a soap opera, which is also airtime is probably 42 minutes, the same as a regular one-hour television show. Actual airtime is about 42 minutes. You shoot one of those in one day.
2: I don't see how they do it. two on
5: minutes a, on a film will take you a month. Yeah. Um, so you got to move, you know. I mean, you got to know your stuff, and you got to move quick.
2: Yeah, all right. Well, sp- speaking of television shows, on the current CBS series, Mom, you, you play a character, Adam, who's in a wheelchair. Have you had people that meet you in public these days and, and are surprised you're fully ambulatory? Uh, I,
5: I no, but, you know, because I... I a lot of folks may recognize me from other things. Uh,
2: well, yeah, I, I just right. had to ask that because, you know.
5: No, but you know what I do get? You know what I do get? I, I get in the airport. Listen, you know, you, you run into, mo- people are more vocal to say hello to you in an airport than anywhere. I don't know, maybe because they're traveling and they're happy. It's, it's kind of cool. Like, I'll walk through the airport and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll see folks from the military. All the time, people say, hey, man, thanks for doing Black Hawk Down. I'm like, my pleasure, man. It was one of the highlights of my life. Yeah. Now, my current thing that I get is like, hey, where's your chair? Um, So, there is an awareness out there, but uh, it's kind of fun. Actually, I'm flying tonight, and and i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure the chair comment's going to come out yeah it's I, cool it's welcome
2: i guess some don't understand the definition of acting but I, yeah i was just curious about that all right well you know you're a very busy man so i'm not going to hold you any further but let me say again that your new film Coldbrook is now showing on all platforms and people need to go find it all right all right we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us thank you all right mr william fickner <laughs>
0: Spud, your last guest, Jeremy Sisto, is on the line. Uh, You want me to put it through? I
4: think I'll rely on your common sense and and let you
0: make that decision.
4: Now, think it through carefully. I don't want to intercede here, but... Gerald uh, you are a grown man and should be capable of making the right decision but I have my doubts. You know, I can assure you both I know
0: what to do here. You make the move. Your move. I mean there are only two options right. One I put it through and two I leave it on hold. Okay so yeah I, I know what needs to be done so. Uh, are you sure?
4: Don't be so cocky. Uh, Yeah, it's a 50-50 deal, but in the past, your track record is horrible.
0: All right, listen. I've made my decision, and I'm putting the call through, okay? I'm confident that this is the right way to handle this situation. I can handle
6: things. I'm smart. Uh,
2: Okay, fine. You got lucky. Did you, like, flip a coin in your head or what? No. Uh, just, Just put Jeremy through. Right. Here he is. Please greet actor, producer, writer, Jeremy Sisto. We appreciate you checking in with us.
9: Okay, thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, super. I know you currently star in the CBS drama FBI airing Tuesdays at 9, 8 central. You play an FBI agent, uh, Jubal Valentine. Did, did you have to go to the Quantico, Virginia Academy for, uh, you know, quick training <laughs> or, or did they just let you do an online course?
9: <laughs> I wish. <clears throat> I wish they would have let me <clears throat> inside those walls but, uh, Oh no, they're very particular about the, but but we have we do have close relationships with a lot of agents uh, who have advised along the way, and um, you know one of our actresses actually, her boyfriend as of the pilot is uh, an agent, so uh, we have a, a close line into that, and uh, and they are they're in full support of the show, uh, and it was actually I think the PR firm. Uh, PR branch of the FBI, which I didn't know they had one either, uh, contacted Dick Wolf and said, you know, we need, a, we need a show that really shows that the FBI is not a political organization. It's, a, it's, a, it's the, the height of the, you know, crime fighting sort of uh, group of people that are just the best at this job. And, uh, and, and we need kids to see that that's a possibility. You know, yeah kids of color and you know uh, all different types of people see that that if you have if you got a knack for this kind of thing come over to quantico
2: yeah so so you guys aren't like totally just the deep state yeah that's good to know because we need the fbi yeah. there's no doubt about that but and anyway, that's another story we Won't get into that
0: uh, spud if i may yes. interject right here that's sarcastic I'd rather you not but... well I feel like I need to because that deep state remark you made was a dig at one of our president's valid concerns that government agencies are filled with never Trumpers uh, and they're running a parallel agency outside of his command.
2: Uh, Jeremy, I need a moment here. Uh, these federal employees who have worked at the FBI, CIA and that National Intelligence Agency for a long time have better things to do than plot against Trump, Uh, like do their regular jobs, you know, keeping the country safe. There's a lot of paperwork.
4: Gerald, Gerald, you need to stop reading that crap from, oh, I think they call their prank site QAnon. Um, They are playing you as a sucker With their lame stories about men in black coming to take away your guns, forcing you to become liberal, and of course, some stupid story about Hillary Clinton, always for sure. Yeah,
0: she's always a good one for both stories. Listen, I can assure you both that the deep state is real and is about to take over our country with help from deep Hollywood and the deep cabal of transsexuals plotting to make up all the bathrooms be bisexual. Calm calm down, all right?
2: Well, somebody ask his wife to, to turn. Turn off their internet for a couple months. Jeez. Just let me get back to Jeremy. Uh, I have returned. Um, but yeah. hey, do you get to bring home your uh, TV badge, your FBI badge? You know, I was just curious because that could come in handy like waiting in line at Costco or getting in, maybe getting a dugout at a Major League <laughs> Baseball game or something.
9: Well, my son does have a, uh, a, a junior badge that he whips out for. Um, you know, any anyone in uniform. So if you see him uh, and you have a uniform on, you will see his badge. Oh, ah. wow, very cool. Um, well, you also have a
2: part in the new Frozen 2. So what character do you play?
9: I can't tell you, but I, I can't tell you it. Oh, I like that. Pretty amazing, this movie. Yeah, they've gone, they've gone really deep. You know, they've, uh, they, they, these filmmakers have, you know, they, they, I feel like they were, sh- they were shocked at the success of the first one because, you know, they had no idea. They kind of went deeper than a lot of these movies go. And so, when it had the success it had, uh, they uh, they were kind of. Dad to take a step back And figure out How to how to go even deeper And, and they accomplished it So it's, we're going To the premiere tonight Taking the kid Very huh. excited
2: Alright Well let's take a look Back on your career For just a, for a bit you, you had one role That I was curious about In 1999 You played Jesus In a TV movie What was You know Like on set Between takes Did you stay in character Throughout the shoot And did the cast And <laughs> crew sort of Treat you a little Different than other sets
9: Uh oh Man I mean uh I, it was a it was a trip. We were in Morocco, and uh, and I think they had done a couple of Jesus movies there already. <laughs> so yeah, I was old hat at the time, but uh, but no, it was uh, it was a trip. We'd go back, and you know, me and all my disciples would hang out by the pool, and uh, you know, have some wine. You know that I had not turned from water, but you right, they poured out bottles, and uh, huh. it was uh, it was a cool experience, though, man. It was like it was just a. a it was, uh, it, was a, it was a cool experience because there was a specific kind of uh, version that they were telling. And uh, the director sat me down when we first met. He was like, listen, all these Jesus movies, they always make Jesus kind of creepy. And you think, who would tell this guy through the desert? And he's like, we want to make a cool Jesus, a happy Jesus, the Jesus that you party with, you know, that's, uh, that's somebody you like to hang out with. And so I was like, you know what? I can get behind that. Yeah. So we were off.
2: Oh, I'd be kind of cool. I bet that like the the staff or the crew just brought your craft services right to you. You didn't have to go to the table. But anyway. All right. uh, Well, let me touch on another project from way back as I and millions of others remember you, you know, on the truly great HBO series Six Feet Under watching that show was really the first time I thought about how I wanted to go out, you know, but, you know, with the funeral arrangements and stuff. But did you guys get much pushback from the funeral industry bigwigs as there's a lot of money in the whole dying thing?
9: That's interesting. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it said like a a, a real negative thing about it. I think no, no. that was what was kind of amazing about the show was it was there wasn't like a, you know uh, there wasn't like um, some dark idea of it. It was about these human beings. This is their job. They have to deal with death every day. Yeah. It was a great metaphor because everybody has to deal with death every day. It was just just allowed. To see uh, you know a family that's sort of uh, you know just kind of marinating in uh, in, in death, and, you know dealing with people uh, in these tragedies every day. But it was really just about them as, as people trying to survive, and and uh, and that was kind of what was so amazing about it. They, it was the first show that I've I, I've seen um, that kind of didn't didn't feel the need to push. Uh, you know, the salaciousness of, uh, you know, uh, of these storylines.
2: No, I know. It kind of made it like working in a hardware store. So, I mean, it was just, it was, yeah, it was God, It was just a fantastic show. Anyway. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, you know, away from, away from showbiz, I read this. I don't know if it's accurate that you, you live or did live in the Laurel Canyon area of LA. Cause I just saw that Laurel Canyon oh. documentary about life there in the sixties and seventies. So do, do rock stars drop by your house and play music in your living room all night long? And so if so, it must be tough to get up in the morning and go to the set
9: yeah it was uh, I never actually lived in Laurel Canyon but you know like the place we live in now it's, it's weird living in Hollywood because you know um, the guys from the Chain Smokers just moved next door and Jeremy Renner moved here and Chris Pratt was across the street and and uh, and so trying to raise these kids to feel like this is you know in a normal down to earth world is 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 tricky at one point I had to call Chris uh, he had to come over because I was out of town and my my wife had locked our one-year-old at the time in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> so he came over and had to break down the door and so uh, my, my kids believed superheroes were real for a while.
2: Wow, yeah. Your kid must be like Really popular at school with that story. I mean, that'd be me. I just... Yeah, right. Man. All right. Well, you know, as an actor and a writer, this is something I was thinking about. Is it tough for you at times to read lines that you as a writer would have written much differently?
9: You know, it depends on the project, but, but you know, it, it, sometimes if the, if the writers kind of respect respect you, allow you some freedom, then you, you can use... You, know, you can use some of those muscles to you know kind of find find the, you know what the writers are trying to say in, in your own uh, in your own way so um, uh, I don't know I, 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 suppose, um, I suppose it suppose depends on the writer sometimes it's great I love to not I love to, I, I love to, to when, when a writer writes something that really feels like it fits in me it's it, yeah it's really it's it's a joy and um, uh And when when they don't, you know, you just hope that they're cool with you, um, you know, making it your own.
2: All right. You got to go. I know that for sure. So let me, I'll let you go. But let me remind everyone that you currently star in the CBS series FBI that airs each Tuesday night at 9, 8 central. Hey, thanks a whole bunch for, for speaking with us.
9: Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a great day.
2: You too, Mr. Jeremy Sisto. How time flies. Hey, hey, can we wrap up this conversation about that quid pro quo deal we were discussing? There was no quid pro quo! You know, before I forget what I wanted to say about it... So, okay, so, you know, it's not such a bad thing, and it's gotten a, a really horrible rap because of Trump. It's a good thing, actually, when you think about it, it really is.
3: Well, not always for everyone. Like, an intern at any place doesn't receive equal value in return for their contributions. Well, if I you think, technical. I think the term slave labor has been tossed around a little. A one-sided deal is not the definition of quid pro quo. You lose! Good day, sir!
0: You know, Chance, I know you're not actually paid in US dollars, But you do gain immeasurably by being around myself and and Spud here in the studio. Yeah, Yeah. and and you can't put a monetary figure
3: on what you've gained during your internship here. When you figure out what that is, let me know.
2: (laughs) You know, Chance, you're starting to sound like a couple of my ex-wives, you know. We had what I thought were, uh, you know, like a mutually beneficial arrangement, and bam, I get served with divorce papers. I, I will say an effective quid pro agreement is tough to pull off in marriages.
4: That's ridiculous. Well, with one of those unsatisfied ex-wives, Sharon, I know for a fact that she had not signed off on your demands, that she do all the household chores, in exchange for you to mow the lawn, Spud. Um, well. And and you know, Spud, the lawn at that house really you had basically no lawn. Just a tiny well, patch about I the can... size of a rug by the garage. Admit it. How long did it take you to mow that each week?
2: Oh, sometimes it, it you know—it took me like five minutes to start the lawn mower. I always had issues, it got flooded easily. But, but once I got it going, you know, okay, maybe a minute and a half. But I usually went over it twice, okay? Oh, really? It's not the time it took to do the job. It was all about me holding up my part of the agreement. Deal or no deal.
4: <laughs> right. You know, I liked Sharon. You didn't deserve her.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're you're probably right. She was great. But you know, she still won't accept my friend request on Facebook. Uh, I realize now that I should have also at least helped fold the clothes. You dick!
0: You know, my wife Rachel and I each have our own to-do list. I take care of most of the household stuff and the yard, and she oversees the family operation, like a CEO. It seems to work for us. Dude, you need a better quid pro quo. I mean, that's a terrible deal for you.
3: Really? Spud, if you love someone, it's not important to come out with the better situation.
6: You had me at hello.
3: There are no winners and losers in a healthy relationship. Dorothy and I have had lengthy discussions on how we'll share household chores after the wedding. My mom feels I'm not particularly skilled in, like cleaning my room or loading and unloading the dishwasher so each of us will take on what we're good at.
0: You know that makes sense Chance. What are you good
3: at? Do you do the laundry and uh, like the cooking? I'm not very good with the laundry and the only thing I can cook is top ramen. Dinner is served. When I spend the night at Dorothy's, I often cook that for our dinner. Mm -hmm. You like Top Ramen, don't you, Dorothy? You seem to enjoy it.
4: It's, um, okay.
3: You know, people lie a lot, so you gotta be on your toes.
4: If the noodles aren't overcooked in the microwave. You know, Chance, that's
2: all you bring to the table? You make me seem like Husband of the Year, man. Even I know you better step up your game and... All right. I gotta say this, you're headed towards the big D before your first anniversary! I would know about these things!
3: Dorothy and I have something you would never understand. What's that? Unconditional love. A, A true love that helps us overcome whatever obstacles we will face.
6: You ain't got the answers! You ain't got the answers!
4: Honey, honey, we can talk further about this later off the air. Say you know at the Frozen Yogurt place, there are a few things that we still need to address. Uh, but nothing serious. Um Oh, can we change the subject now?
0: You know, after thinking further about this topic, it seems like I have unwittingly engaged in what could be described as a bad quid pro quo agreement here on this radio show. Oh, on the show? Yeah, as the temporary permanent co-host, I fulfill all of my tasks. You're talking about your marriage. What do I receive in return?
2: Uh, well, I would never enter into one of those agreements with you, first of all. We kind of did. Well, co-hosts are not worthy of a a quid pro quo deal.
4: Well, how about designated laughers? Our arrangement is, you have to admit, somewhat one-sided. Yeah. I laugh on demand like a trained seal. And what do I get? I know I volunteered to take this on as a favor to you, but one would think I would receive, well, at least a nice plant or, or a box of candy for my efforts. It's time to shut it down, turn the tables,
2: and lock her up. Uh, yeah, you know, I have meant to get you something as a gesture of gratitude for doing this on the show. How about if I take you to lunch next week? At
4: some place that doesn't take two-for-one lunch coupons? Well,
2: no, okay, we can go to a place that doesn't take coupons. But, you know, Wendy's does have some really, really tasty stuff on the menu, the new stuff. That is messed up, yo.
3: Don't worry, Dorothy. I get my allowance from my parents tomorrow, and I'll take you to a decent restaurant for lunch. How does the Golden Corral sound?
4: Really? That would be a treat. Oh,
3: our
0: family loves the Golden Corral buffet. The meat is a little tough, but we love the salad bar. Unlimited croutons. That's a big draw for us. Hey, we don't get paid by the
2: Golden Corral to push their place, so zip it and let me wrap things up, okay? I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao.
3: Bye
2: bye We will leave you with this tune by Matt Katzenmeyer. No, I don't want to do that All right later
6: So what do you want to do today, Wolf King? Oh, do you as you A
0: bar yeah, yeah, yeah. Copyright 2018 Spud Goodman Productions